0: I think the essence of healing is not problem solving or fixing, but it's presence, right? It's like, oh, I don't have to fix this. There's nothing broken, bad or wrong. This is something hurt that needs loving attention. And so the more we develop that capacity to support ourselves with that loving attention and the wounded parts of ourselves that feel separate, alone, alienated, then the more we can just show up to our kids and our loved ones and our family
1: This episode is brought to you by the Blissful Parenting Toolbox. If you're looking for better ways to communicate with your child, deal with challenging behavior or just improve your parenting skills, our free Parenting Toolbox contains the best resources from our expert workshops as well as contributions from our podcast guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday parenting challenges and to access highly effective ways to communicate with your child without triggering conflict, arguments, or meltdowns. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and are a gift to you for being a valued member of our community and subscriber to our show. To get free instant access to the Blissful Parenting Toolbox today by visiting www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox that address again www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox register today and we'll see you on the inside hello hello blissful parents michelle abraham you're a host here today and i've got an awesome guest for you today his name is greg whiting greg hey how are you
0: I'm well, Michelle. How are you doing?
1: I am so good. Blissful parents, let me share with you a little bit more about Greg and all the amazing things that we are going to talk about today. Um, We are going to dive into, you know, a couple of different things. One, like how can we get a hold of our anxiety and depression and uh, make way headway with it. And uh, Greg is an expert at sharing with us how to do that. And like, you know, how can we heal the trauma that's beneath those and that anxiety depression or chronic pain. And, you know, you can't think your way out of these things as Greg says. So we're going to dive into that today as well as maybe dive into a little bit why the chemical imbalance myth is a myth and it's a dangerous lie. So let me tell you about Greg. Greg is a founder of Prisma, which is a framework overlaying trauma, neuroscience, and energy medicine with somatic um, and mindfulness-based practices. He developed this while healing his own anxiety, depression, and chronic pain rooted in trauma. This included unraveling a severe spinal curvature and standing three inches taller today. So, Greg really helps you heal the anxiety, depression, chronic pain, and trauma you can't think or talk your way out of. Over the last two decades, Greg's right, helped thousands of people heal through his one on one practice and certified hundreds of healthcare practitioners to add this methodology to their practices as well. He's got a new online course and community to now make healing practical and accessible to all. Oh, my goodness. Greg comes with lots of experience speaking all over different organizations and associations and universities and you've done some really cool stuff and been been published in lots of different magazines like the elephant journal gay in america and appeared in mantra magazine and 24 life so greg has presented and written about trauma-informed healing for the breath network and has been interviewed by montana public radio too so greg has got so many different so much experience uh, on this topic so i'm glad you're here with us today
0: yeah, my pleasure. Awesome. Where do we start?
1: I know. This is like so many, good, so much juicy stuff in here. Where do we start? Well, let's start, like, share with your, a little bit of your story so we know how you were able to kind of use this uh, technique to un- unravel your spine curvature. That's incredible, standing three inches taller and also your trauma, anxiety, depression, and how maybe we can shed some light on our parents here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I came across healing on accident. You know, I, in early adulthood, adolescence was just really struggling when, with pain, anxiety, depression, you know, this curve in my spine just felt entirely debilitating. It was just hard to, it was hard to function. It was hard to live. And, you know, after college, I was like, all right, self-medicating with alcohol is probably not a a good long-term solution. So I need to figure something out. And I thought that something was going to be antidepressants and pain meds, because that's all I knew, right? That seemed like that's going to be the next best step. Fortunately, I had a friend who at the time was a massage therapist. She offered me a massage, but I was living in so much chronic pain that I did not want to massage. Nope. Physical touch is too painful. No, thank you. She said, what about energy medicine? And uh, I said, energy what? Like, I had never heard of energy medicine. This was completely foreign to me, like just not the world I was living you know, at that point, I was maybe starting to explore mindfulness and meditation. So I kind of had like a spiritual bent to me. But like, that wasn't my lens or context, you know, it just wasn't my world. And I said, Sure, I'll give it a try. I had implicit trust in her. And so I thought, why not? And, you know, I realized I found something I didn't even know I was looking for. Um, You know, just literally a lifetime of just Chronic holding in my body just started to soften. You know, I was able to get a little bit of a deeper breath and just started to feel some relief and just some unraveling. So I was like, all right, there's something to this. And so uh, over the next year, I, I had a few sessions with her. We lived two and a half hours apart. Otherwise, it probably would have been more regular. Uh, And then a year later, I moved to Seattle and that's when I just started to dive in. So four years, I was just kind of in intensive study with energy medicine and things started to change, you know, and I was like, all right, there's something, there's really something to this. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of led me to kind of following like these breadcrumbs, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I... I found that traditional therapy wasn't really well-equipped to, although very valuable, there's a, you know, very valuable, it was ill-equipped to address the impacts of trauma that were stored in my body and holding me in this, you know, debilitating curve. So that led me to India, where I started to study mindfulness. And when I came back to the States a year later, I started to deepen into more teachings in energy medicine, which started to unhook kind of all of the behaviors and beliefs organized around trauma that were kind of keeping me in this guarded protective pattern. And as that started to unravel, you know, the beliefs and the behaviors and the emotions, so did my spine. Um, and so over the last, you know, 20 years, I've been just teaching all of the different tools and wisdoms and practices that have helped me heal. Um, when I moved to San Francisco nine years ago, one of my first students was, um, a therapist, and she was a professor at the California Institute of Integral Studies. And she said, you know, you're teaching trauma-informed healing. And at that point, although I knew I was teaching or healing my own trauma, I didn't have the term trauma-informed, and I didn't have any training. So she invited me to take her course and become a teacher's assistant. And so that's when I started to bring kind of the trauma and neuroscience piece into the energy medicine and the somatics and mindfulness And so I've kind of reverse engineered how I've kind of intuitively pieced all those together to support my healing and kind of laid it out in a very, although healing is nonlinear, I've created more of a Mm -hmm. linear logical progression to help people kind of have a a roadmap and a vehicle to heal themselves.
1: Mm, That's so amazing. Uh, How incredible that you were able to kind of piece that all together to heal your own self. And now you can still use that same framework for others. That's pretty incredible.
0: It was a, it's a labor of love. And yeah. you know, fortunately, I think now that I've developed this framework, you know, it can save folks a lot of heartache and a lot of legwork where I was kind of, you know, literally traveling the world to kind of piece together, you know, what could help me. And so it's it's really nice when now it's like, here it is.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Especially like being able to explain it to you. I know a lot of energy healers have a hard time explaining what they do or how to promote it or how to like kind of talk about it. So your framework gives that, it, that that ability to be able to like talk about it in a way that's understandable to our parents, right?
0: Yeah, you know, I find it's important to help people, to meet people where they're at, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, I look at all of these pieces, like I, I love metaphor, right? I think metaphor just helps us conceptualize and understand concepts that otherwise are just not, in our normal vocabulary. Mm
1: -hmm. So,
0: you know, if the body and the mind and the spirit are kind of a symphony orchestra, when we're experiencing health, and you know, and in terms of even families, so an entire family can be a symphony orchestra. Mm -hmm. So when the whole family is in balance, there's a music, there's a harmony, there's a balance, there's a rhythm, right? And then stress and trauma come in, you know, hereditary factors, environmental factors start to short-circuit the nervous system, right? And mm. things start to go haywire. So all of a sudden, all the different parts of the symphony orchestra, and if it's within the body, that could be memories, beliefs, cells, tissues, muscles, organs, hormones. Okay. You know, they start to break up and they forget that they're all working on the same team, right? Mm. And so then we start to make a whole lot of noise. So energy medicine and healing is just helping to break up the noise, right? Mm. It's not about trying to fix or heal the trauma. It's not trying to chase symptoms. It's just helping us connect back to our innate wisdom, which that was a term developed in chiropractic. You know, mm-hmm. so our innate wisdom is the healing mechanism that heals a paper cut, right? Mm-hmm. It'll it'll heal, send platelets and proteins and orchestrate all these biochemical transmissions. And it does that while we're sleeping, it does that mm-hmm. while we're having this mm-hmm. conversation, yeah. right? Yeah. And so. You know, when we break up the noise and we return that symphony orchestra to that harmony and balance, we're just more in tune with our innate wisdom. So we, we're able to roll with the punches. We're, we're able to kind of, you know, come back to a baseline of, of balance and health, which otherwise eludes us because we're often too f- fixated chasing symptoms that we're not actually t- working to re-plug into that innate wisdom.
1: Right. Interesting. And so do you, so is all anxiety and depression that's on the service level presenting as anxiety and depression, is it all from a trauma response?
0: So I, I work from lived experience. You know, I, mm. I think that if you look at the ideology of anxiety and depression and what a lot of people might call mental illness, and I don't even like the term mental illness because I look at anxiety and depression, because there's a lot of stigma around mental illness. And we think, oh, I, as if something's bad or wrong with us, or something's not working. And I like to think, what if anxiety and depression are a healthy response to unhealthy circumstances, or an unhealthy environment, right, or an unsafe world. Um, So yeah, I think if we kind of look at anxiety and depression as the tip of the iceberg, we're going to want to look at all the causative factors that are the underbelly of that iceberg. And I think unresolved trauma is a big chunk of that underbelly Mm -hmm. as is just, you know, the imprints of lacking a secure attachment in early development. right? Right. And both are going to keep us kind of in a state of survival, you know, fight, flight, freeze, appease, where we just don't feel like safe or that we belong where we just can't find our ability to like rest and, uh, you know, that rest and digest the parasympathetic it's just trust in life.
1: Mm, yeah. And it's interesting. I was reading um, some, some information you sent over earlier about, that like, are you guilty of like the perfectionism and the hustling for your your own worth and the cortisol addict and like never letting your foot off the gas pedal. I was like, oh my gosh, I can think this that would relate to a lot of the parents in our audience that, that constant go, 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 go. Um, and I never thought of like the burnout um, and overwhelm as being a part of a trauma response either.
0: Yeah. It's like how... And, you know, we're we're highly adaptive, right? Mm-hmm. So these maladaptations to stress and trauma, um, they're helping us survive, right? And so right. that go, go, go is helping us function to some degree. Mm-hmm. But I think every, every strategy, as much as it has a payoff, uh, it's going to catch up with us and then there's going to be a cost. And so right. I find, you know... I I find that healing and finding balance and returning to that symphony orchestra is kind of doing a cost payoff analysis of, you know, all right, you know, this hustle is helping me get so far, but now, you know, where is it really at my detriment, right? Right. And, you know, I'm just thinking of one of my clients, parent, founder of a company, entrepreneur, and, you know, they reached a point where their trauma really blew up in their face and it created a con a big crisis um there was an external kind of trigger but that led to like a a big physical injury that they thought they were going to require surgery for but they had enough awareness that they knew there was an emotional component which you know they've Mm -hmm. since addressed and have avoided surgery Um, but part of their work was well who am i if i'm not this you know fight to the end, kind of like, you know, what I mean, I can't, what my world will fall apart if I let my foot off the gas. And it's, so a lot of healing repair is when we start to get a glimpse of actually, I was able to take my foot off the gas, and (laughs) things didn't fall apart. Right. So, but if that's never been modeled for us, you know, we need to create a new template, right? So there is those moments of risk where it's like, I don't know if, if, if everything's going to be okay if I, mm-hmm. if I try something new. But my work is not so much diagnostic or coaching. Like I'm not right. coaching my clients to take that risk, to take their foot off the gas. Right. We're training their nervous system how to land. And once their nervous system lands, they just start to take their foot off the gas. And then they realize that, oh, and things are still okay. Um, so healing is, you know, on my work, at least, to, is healing is creating the climate for that to happen, as opposed to me strategizing with my clients, do this, do this, do this. Um,
1: well, and as you're saying, this is not even, you know, we're not able to talk our way out of, <laughs> out of yeah. this, right? It's not talk therapy. So what needs to happen for us to be able to heal from these um, trauma, these traumas that our bodies are holding on to?
0: Yeah. You know, I think the nervous system is a big component. You know, I, mm-hmm. I love the imagery of a seaplane landing on water, you know, mm-hmm. where it kind of bounces down and, or, and then it bounces right back up. It touches down, mm-hmm. it bounces back up, you know, because we're just used to flying high. We're not used to kind of this landed, grounded, stable, present place. Mm-hmm. So that feels really foreign and it can feel really threatening. So we keep bouncing up. So, you know, training the nervous system to finally land helps us to just start to inhabit ourselves. Right. Cause mm. most of us are living, you know, from our neck or our head up, right. Mm. We're not really <laughs> in our bodies, you know, the image of like the bird that flies into a window mm. and you think it's dead, but it's actually just in shock. Right. Mm. The impact of flying into the window was so great that it had to completely leave its body um, to kind of process that. So how much of our life is coming at us so fast that we have left our bodies. We're only thinking our way through life because Mm -hmm. maybe there's been some traumatic imprints that have been historically too overwhelming for us to actually feel Mm -hmm. and for us to process and make sense of in our body. So that freeze response is just much easier to to not be present to it at all. But once the nervous system lands, we start to be like... You know, I can actually feel that impact, yeah,, it's not be the death of me, actually take a deep breath, breathe through it. I'm gonna be okay as I come out the other side um you know, so often there's so much an aversion to feeling our pain that mm. you know we kind of box it away, yet we then become organ- our whole identity can then become organized around our aversion to the pain or the imprints of the pain, so you know. I lovingly joke with my clients that my work is to help them feel their pain, right, mm. which doesn't sound that appealing, but yeah. you know the cost of not feeling our pain is actually more painful, right? Mm. We just need to have the right tools and frameworks yeah. and support. Um, you know, because as we're social creatures, so we're not meant to live in isolation and we certainly mm. can't heal in isolation, right And you know, the impacts of trauma have us feeling isolated and alone and alienated. So the tonic to that is connection and support.
1: Right. That connection and support. And it's interesting. is not like the, it's just like the root of what our children need too? is that connection, the connection. So is it possible for us to raise healthy kids when we haven't dealt with our own trauma yet? Yeah. That's a loaded question, but
0: (laughs) you know, I, I, I first want to normalize that we've all got wounding, right? Yeah. So there's never like this, per, you know, so I think we're all just doing the best we can with right. the tools we have. Because mm-hmm. um, I never want parents to feel like, oh my gosh, I have trauma that I'm imparting on my children and that makes me bad. Right. It's like, no, we're all doing the best we can. But the more we have tools to help regulate ourselves, right? then, you know, then the more we can model that, regulated state of the nervous system to our kids. And then that gives them the tools to navigate their emotions. Um, And so, you know, so a lot of healing is the reparenting of self. And the more we can reparent ourselves, the more available we become to our kids. And so then the more reliable and consistent our level of care can be for them. You know, and I, I find that the more we are able to navigate the the hurt parts of ourselves, Mm -hmm. I think the essence of healing is not problem solving or fixing, but it's presence, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I don't have to fix this. There's nothing broken, bad or wrong. There's just something hurt that needs loving attention. And so the more we develop that capacity to support ourselves with that loving attention and the wounded parts of ourselves that feel separate, alone, alienated, then the more we can just show up to our kids and our loved ones and our family, just, you know, I'm thinking of the same client I mentioned who, you know, before when her kids were going through something, her analytical mind was, I need to fix it. I need to problem solve it. I need to resolve it. I need a solution. And now she's realizing, no, she just needs to be lovingly present for her kids. And then their, their kids can figure things out on their own. Not, And it's not to say we don't offer advice and we don't do some problem solving, but it's not coming from that survival place of like the sky is falling and this is the end of the world. Because the deepest part of that connection and support is going to come from presence. So when our kids are going through struggles, if they feel supported Mm -hmm. and they don't feel isolated and alone, then it doesn't imprint as trauma for them.
1: Ah, yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: And with that said, we're all human. So I think no matter how whole we are, how integrated mm-hmm. we are, we all have you know triggers, and we're all going to default to kind of a fight, flight, freeze or appease response. Right. And that's just part of the messiness of being human too. So I just like want to normalize that because I think mm-hmm. in the world of parenting, we can have this like gold standard, and if right. we don't do that, <laughs> then we're failures. And it's like it's not all or nothing. It's like, no, we're, we're all learning here. And, you know, my experience within my own family and working with clients is like each generation is maybe just doing a little bit better and a little bit better. And, um, and so I think that's all we can expect because, you know, these imprints of survival, you know, go back generations past. So, Mm. you know, we're carrying that, those patterns from, you know, from very long ago
1: yeah, that, oh, there's so much good stuff here. It's like, um, I was thinking about a friend who, you know, she works in, uh, in the, in the emergency response field and like she, her, because of her, what she sees at work, her initial response at home is like, there's something wrong, there's something wrong. Right. And so it's like, it's sometimes when you're going from work to home, like changing that lens to, of where you were even at work is really helpful. To her, for navigating um around like our our kids and our own traumas and things like that too, i was saying she was something she wasn't even aware of i was like you know you're looking for something to be wrong with the kids because that's what you're trained to do at school at work right? nah. you spend 12 hours a day doing that it's normal it's normal you're gonna feel like that at home too
0: you know, and even for folks that aren't in that same work environment, mm-hmm. you know, just how we've developed as a species, our brain yeah. is all negativity bias. We're always scanning for danger, right? Mm-hmm. For our own survival, which then can lead to catastrophizing. Oh, danger. Now what's the worst-case scenario? Yeah. And again, there's some value in that. It's it's helpful to make sure that we you know, are present to potential dangers. But Mm -hmm. if we just have the blinders on and we're only looking for danger, what could go wrong, we're not actually looking at the field of possibility of actually what could go right or what is going right. And I think that's the mind training and healing. It's reorienting the mind from danger, pain, catastrophe, hurt, harm, limitation, contraction to possibility. Um, And, And again, that that takes training, right? Because mm-hmm. we're always going to default to to the latter.
1: So what's the kind of training that's needed to, ch- to change that? Is it um, like meditation or is it mindful, more mindset training? What's the training that's needed to change?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I think there's no one right or wrong way to healing. So I, I want to name that first. You know, I find yeah. that. <laughs> us is following the breadcrumbs that make sense to us based on our lived experience and our own journey. Mm -hmm. You know, what I have found that's relevant and helpful is, you know, I kind of have a trauma and neuroscience roadmap that I feel like sometimes we can be on a path of healing, but we're kind of like we have blindfolds on. We're not sure where Mm -hmm. we are, where we're headed. So I just like to have a kind of a roadmap to kind of understand kind of what's the terrain and territory. Um, and then I find the somatic and mindfulness-based practices help us kind of explore the imprints of trauma that are stored in the body that can very much create inflammation, compromise our immune system, you know, stagnate emotion, fog our thought, and then the mind training of mindfulness, which is that shifting from pain to possibility. Um, and then the energy medicine piece is really what helps to shift those imprints stored in the body that otherwise, you know, we can think or talk our way through and have a good intellectual understanding of, Mm -hmm. but it might not shift it, how it's held in our tissues and our cells. So I find those pieces paired together, you know, overlay a really comprehensive framework to to support healing.
1: Mm -hmm. And then like we live in a society that like, it almost like it wants us to be go, go, go and overscheduled. And, and it's like, it's like, we've been conditioned ourselves to like have no space for that quiet mindfulness time or (laughs) what we can even feel things right I know I'm speaking from personal experience and but um, it seems to be a conversation that's with a lot of a lot of other parents too where it's you know you're at work all day and then you come home and there's demands at home and then there's you know kids going to bed or sports and then it's like, and day you're so exhausted. It's like, where, where, what happened to that time for yourself again? <laughs> what happened to that time where you can be still and start even thinking about things for yourself?
0: Yeah. And, you know, and that's the piece too. You know, I look at trauma as too much too soon, an overwhelming mm-hmm. experience, an adverse experience that was too much for us to digest, too much for us to handle. And so that go, go, go is really a sort a strategy to protect us from the pain that we didn't have the capacity to face at one point. Right. And we still have the perception that we can't touch it now. So healing is really slowing down so we can be with what historically has been too much. And yeah, that's very counter (laughs) to, you know, our dominant cultural paradigm of go, go, go. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it may not feel safe to do that. So it's kind of slowly inviting the system to find that capacity. Uh, But once we start to get a taste of it, we realize the benefit. And then it's like, okay, now there's more of a a catalyst to make it a non-negotiable, right? Right. And so, you know, and I kind of think, you know, we have certain non-negotiables around, you know other lifestyle factors, you know, in terms of taking care of our physical body. So if something's going on in their physical body, you know, we will go get it checked out by a doctor. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like the check engine light where they're going (laughs) to, if we have the tools, we're going to look under our own hood or we're going to bring it to a mechanic and we're not as, we're not as well-versed or, you know, readily think to go and, and look under the hood when it comes to kind of our uh, mental and emotional health.
1: Yeah. Mm, That makes a lot of sense. Um, I want to, I want to ask you the question uh, we were talking about at the beginning. So a lot of times we hear like mental health issues come from a chemical imbalance. So now you say that's a total lie and dangerous to you. I want to know what it, tell us, tell us more about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's just chemical imbalance. Doesn't it's not been proven? Research mm-hmm. has not shown that chemical imbalance actually causes anxiety, depression, or mental illness. Um, and again, I don't even mm-hmm. like
1: because we've heard that so many times, right?
0: <laughs> right. So it's like, well, now because now if now we can treat the chemical imbalance with the drug, right? Mm-hmm. And again, I I'm all for an integrative approach. Again, mm-hmm. there's no one right way to heal, and so um, I honor that, folks. May find that you know medication is the route for them. So I honor that. There's again, there's no right or wrong. And there's going to be many cases where pain and symptom management is necessary. Right. But pain and symptom management is not healing, right? right. Pain and symptom management may keep us at a base yeah, level like, yeah. of like, <laughs> let me just like keep my grip on everything. Right. And, you know, maybe just stay afloat or tread. Yeah, I was water.
1: thinking like your head above water, just barely, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but I don't want to just like tread in water. Like I want to be able to swim or I want to be able to fly, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, again, if, if if anxiety and depression are the tip of the iceberg, what if chemical imbalance is also the tip of the iceberg? So I want to take a few steps back and say, well, let's look at the underbelly of the iceberg, right? Mm -hmm. And if people are taught that the chemical imbalance is the cause, then they have no need to interrogate what's beneath it because there isn't anything beneath it. And then that really takes, takes the opportunity to heal the the attachment wounding and the trauma that are very much at play and that our body has an amazing capacity to heal those imprints of early attachment, wounding and trauma. And Mm. when we do, I argue that chemical imbalance starts to resolve itself, as do our anxiety and our depression. And again, to each their own. I have plenty of clients that come to me and they're on antidepressants and pain meds and anti-anxiety meds. Mm -hmm. And I honor that. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I almost took that route. And I appreciate Mm -hmm. if that is the route people need to
1: take. And maybe until they're ready for the next step, right?
0: Exactly. Like mm. so many years ago, I had a psychiatrist reach out to me and he said, you know, we have a client, you know, his patient, my client in common. And I'd really like to know more about your work because mm. she no longer needs the medications I was prescribing her. Um, so yeah. tell me more. So now he now sends his patients to me that right. he's helping them keep their head above water right. with medication.
1: Mm. Then they've managed that. <laughs>
0: And he's managing that, but he realizes, you know, he's sending his PTSD and his complex trauma patients to me because I can help them with the PTSD and the complex trauma. Mm.
1: And
0: then often, you know, he can then work with them at a different capacity. Um, And so if you, if you start to heal the underbelly, then you don't need to treat the tip of the iceberg right? Um, or you can start to modify how you treat it. Um, Mm. And, you know, I, you know how my clients and my students manage their medications. That's a conversation between them and their medical provider. You know my work is non-diagnostic, non-prescriptive, mm-hmm. um, but as people start to feel better, they they don't need to lean on the same crutches or the same support that they once used to.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you know that that gives us a little bit of hope because you know you know it's a bit of a stigma for people to have to like admit they need to have some medication and have some things and. You know, just I, it's good to know that that's just can be a stepping stone. It doesn't have to be a life sentence of that medication. Right. You can use yeah. it to keep your head above water and then move on to the next healing phase. Uh, that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. So helpful. Greg. Um, Is there anything you'd like our parents to know before we let you go today? We're almost up on our time. And this has been really helpful to kind of have a, a better understanding of mental health. And um, and you're certainly hearing your experience has been really great. Um, of how you've been able to do these things. Can maybe, there maybe some people that are thinking, oh my gosh, I want to get in touch with you, Greg. I want to learn more about what you're up to. Where can they find more information about you?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, prismamethod.com is where folks can learn about my entire online course and community. And again, that's the trauma neuroscience roadmap, the somatics and mindfulness, the energy medicine. So an complete, you know, oh, comprehensive healing system, um, yeah. and community support. Um, gregwhiting.com is where folks can learn a little bit more about me and my journey and my education and you know the tools I work with. And I have limited sp- space to work with folks one-on-one so folks can learn more and um, connect with me there.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you, Greg. This has been really helpful. And we'll make sure we link everything up in the show notes as well. And um, make sure you guys head on over And take a look at what Greg's up to and see, I know, I know we all know someone that could use your support. So uh, thank you so much for sharing with us. Is there any thoughts or you want to share with our our parents today?
0: You know, a lot of folks find me when they feel like they're at the end of their rope. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like folks who have tried everything under the sun, but nothing's Mm -hmm. worked. Nothing's moved the needle keep trying, keep following the breadcrumbs, right? Mm-hmm. It may be that it's not the right fit with a practitioner or not the right fit with okay. the modality. Oh, well, you know, so keep going, right? Don't give up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the body is, uh, has a remarkable capacity to heal. Um, and so a big piece of it's just the commitment to heal. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's just take the first step, you know, mm-hmm. do some research, reach out, you know, plug yeah. into uh, some support.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Greg. Uh, So great to hear from you both. So parents go out there and have a fabulous week. Thanks again, Greg, for being with us. Thanks, Michelle. And uh, before you guys go, my challenge to you this week is have some just just a little bit of time for yourself so you can kind of check in and see how you're doing, because oftentimes our parents, us parents are go, 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 go. So take some time and just kind of check in, see how you're doing and then reach out to Greg if you need some help. All right. Take care, guys. Have a good one. This episode is brought to you by the Blissful Parenting Toolbox. If you're looking for better ways to communicate with your child, deal with challenging behavior, or just improve your parenting skills, our free parenting toolbox contains the best resources from our expert workshops, as well as contributions from our podcast guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday parenting challenges and to access highly effective ways to communicate with your child without triggering conflict, arguments, or meltdowns. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and are a gift to you for being a valued member of our community and subscriber to our show. To get free instant access to the Blissful Parenting Toolbox today by visiting www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. That address again, www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. Register today and we'll see you on the inside.